Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Amen. I have a few comments I'll make at the conclusion of the message. But for time, I will just uh, begin reading from Romans chapter 8 and beginning with verse 35, a familiar text, a favorite of many. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, everybody say all these things. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. For title, I was going to call it this morning, The Love of God. But after a conversation with a dear brother, Frank Jordan, he suggested I should call it, what, What's Love Got to Do With It? And so that is my title today, What's Love Got to Do With It? Everybody say everything. Everything. Amen. Amen, amen. What's love got to do with it? Thank you, Sister Hannah. So glad to have her here this Sunday morning. Amen. Thankful for her, her gifting, her anointing, her dedication. Amen. And I'm glad to be here with you today. Somebody say the love of God. The love of God. You know... I will say to you today, I love the Bible. It has proven to me to be a source of eternal truth that has spoken to me in my lowest moments and encouraged me in my highest experiences. The Bible is a book of 66 books, in fact, 40 authors. God used to write over a period of 1,500 years. These writers did not author the book, but God is the author who used these writers as scribes. And these were moved on by the Holy Spirit. And what we have today from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation is the inspired word of God. It is it, the, This Bible I have is a King James Version. I am not uh, prejudiced. I believe if someone will read the Bible, 
That's a step in the right direction, whatever version they may read, with a few exceptions. Brother BJ, there are a few that maybe might be a waste of your time. <clears throat> not, to, not to digress. But in this Bible, I have 1,189 chapters in those 66 books. There are uh, 31,102 verses, 783,137 words, and 3,116,480 letters in my Bible. It is estimated from the time the printing press was invented, there have been over 7 billion Bibles have been printed. Even this year, the, the, the world's number one seller of books, the book would be the Bible. But I would say to you, just a Bible on the shelf or a Bible on the desk or a Bible beside the bed, the only way you experience its power is not just in the reading of it, but in the living of it and the pursuit of its truth and trying to assimilate that truth into the actions we take and the words that we speak. And I would say to you that this book, there are many subjects that are dealt with. There are, there are triumphs and tragedies. There are, are, are victories and failures. And in this, it can be challenging to know what the Word of God says at a particular moment. But if it were possible to con, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? To assimilate and bring all and boil it all down into one word. I believe the one word that this Bible, all of all its letters and all its word and all of its verses and all of its chapters and all its books, the word that would stand out to me this morning is the word love. Love is what this book is about. It is a story of God's love creating man and reaching for the fallen man. Uh, it is a history of humanity from the perspective of the divine, a genealogy of grace. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, the scripture says, In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In verse 5 it says, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him... To them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. To those that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Somebody say love. First John chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, 
And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Can you say that with me? God is love. Say it again. God is love. In this was manifest the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Amen. Uh, uh, you could say John chapter 1. I believe it would not be a, 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 an untruth to say in the beginning was love. And love was made flesh. Amen. You know, the challenge today in the English language is we have one word for many different things someone might love. I love chocolate chip cookies. I love fried chicken. Amen. People love puppies. They love to hunt deer. They love their job. They love their work. They love, we love all kinds of things. And we have one word, but in the Greek language in which the New Testament uh, was written and spoken in that day, uh, uh, there are seven words for what we have one word. And two of the words I'm going to pull out are common in the New Testament. Uh, there is the word filio, which is a, a, a love that says, I love you if you love me. But if you get mad at me, I don't love you no more. And that's the kind of love that's in this world. Jesus said, what thing have ye if you bless those that bless you and pray for those that pray for you? But, but, but the, the love that I'm speaking of today is not this wishy-washy, uh, uh, fly-by-night kind of love. I'm talking about a love that is agape love, a love that the only way that we can imagine it is it is something that is beyond us. And we cannot love like that except God that is love is in us. The scripture says the fruit of the spirit is Love. No doubt there are nine characteristics of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And if you truly have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, you will have joy, you will have peace, you will have long-suffering. I was one time in a Bible study with a man who the Lord had brought into my life, and we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And as we talked about and discussed these nine attributes of love, that are a fruit of the Spirit. He said, you know, I just can't do that. No matter how hard I try, I just can't do the fruit of the Spirit. And I looked at him, I said, bingo. It's not a fruit of discipline. It's not a fruit of your personality. It's not a fruit of your nature. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And when you are challenged to allow the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of love to flow through you, it's not that something wrong with you. You just need to go get refilled with, with what you got filled with because when you get filled with the Spirit and you're walking in the Spirit, it makes you love everybody. Amen. It makes you love everybody. You say, I can't do it by myself. Absolutely. We can't do it. But by the Spirit, if the Spirit of the Lord is in you, the Spirit of the Lord will help you walk in and show the love 
of God. You want to check yourself, you know? I, my my uh, truck, it's a 2007. I bought it in the fall of 2006. It was the first year of the Toyota Tundra. And it's been a great truck. But I notice every time I get out of my truck, I can smell a little oil. But if you look under my truck, there's, there's no oil. But I know I'm burning a little oil. So within the midst of, a, of an oil change, I'll, I'll check the oil, and I'm about a quart low. And so about every, I'm basically burning a, a quart of oil every four or five months, or however long it takes for me to reach my, my point of needing to change the oil. And uh, I had someone doing some work for me, a, a mobile mechanic, uh, change my brakes and rotors, and, and I said, uh, you know, would you like to look at it? And so what you all probably imagine is the problem for the haze, you have one of these, uh, is the uh, is the valve covers, the valve cover, just a little cheap thing. And you can look down in there, it's not bad, but you can see there's just a light uh, uh, gathering of the oil that has congealed there and hasn't dripped. <clears throat> and... Uh, that's kind of what it's like for us. Just in the normal, everyday driving and moving and living in our life, we lose some of that Holy Spirit that Jesus gives us. Can somebody say amen? And, and, there's, and you know, I, I had, my truck hadn't done anything wrong. I haven't abused my truck. I, I've been driving it pretty well. But it's just the nature of things to break. It's the nature of things to, to, to lose. Even if you fill up a clean glass with fresh water, you come back in a week, there'll be a little less water in the glass than there was when you poured it in there because the, the world just drains. The world corrupts. The world evaporates. And, and, and though maybe on this Sunday morning, this is my prayer, when we conclude this service, we'll walk out of this place with a feeling and God would renew us all in the Holy Ghost and we would walk out of here with a clear vision and a, and a greater sense of faith. But can I tell you on Monday and Wednesday and, and we're going we're to be in the midst of holidays, if we're not careful what we leave here full with will be a little lower as the week goes on. And the only way we can really be sure that we're full. We got to take a minute and check our level. Amen. Check our level. You may you may feel your level challenged this week because you may be around some family that doesn't bring out love. They might burn love. <laughs> Smells like burn oil sometimes. Come on, somebody. But what I'm saying to you is that that, that God, God, God loves us so much that He gave us access. Uh, and, and, and made available to us an empowerment that, that helps us live a life where really and truly the fruit of the Spirit is love. We can live our life and see our world through the rose-colored glasses of love. We can live our life, amen, with the sense of smell and, and the taste of joy in the things that we go through. I know we can't have that on our own because we live in a world that is the opposite of good sometimes. But by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the grace of His Spirit, amen, by the truth of His Word, amen, we can live and be a paradox to the reality that is in the world around us. That just as God is 
God's not diminished by the trouble in this world. God can cause his spirit to cause us to shine as stars in the night, as a city that's on the hill. Amen. Our joy must not be diminished based upon what the election may be. We must not allow our joy to be diminished by the, the, the what's left in our check stub. We must rise above the circumstance, whether it be strife in the family or, or, or disagreement in the house. Amen. We've got to see I have access to something, not because any good that I've done, but because of the incarnation. Amen. What's love got to do with it? If there is a spirit, there it is. Amen. What's love got to do with the season of Christmas? It's all, it's all about the love of God. Amen. Not just to, to the world, for God so loved the world that he gave us the only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, what's it say? Should not. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ had drained from his body precious blood. Amen. From his hands and his feet, from his head. Amen. All the blood. Amen. That was shed there on Calvary's hill upon the cross of crucifixion. That love that was shed was a demonstration of the blood that God was willing to give us that we might be redeemed. Redemption, what does it mean? It means that we were sold in sin. We were a slave to iniquity. And the only way we can be purchased from that, that dark reality is someone had to pay the price that we could not pay within ourselves. Amen. No doubt the, the, the picture of Christmas of a baby in swaddling clothes and angels singing in the heaven and shepherds there bowing before the king and wise men traveling from the east. These are amazing things to consider. But, but, but to me, we might miss the real beauty and the beauty of, of Jesus and his incarnation and ultimately his resurrection is how ugly sin is. I read something just just last night or this morning uh, about the the, 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 the the child wrapped in swaddling clothes. Man, about the, the sh shepherds that were keeping watch by night. I read that, 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 they, that, that they believed that, that these weren't just any sheep that were being watched by just any shepherds. These shepherds were of a Levitical uh, priesthood, and they watched over those sacrificial animals that would be offered for the sins of the people. And they were there watching over them because it was the season where the sacrificial lambs would be born. And they, when those baby lambs were born, they would be wrapped and they would be placed in little mangers all throughout the field because these lambs had to be without spot or blemish and little lambs are, are apt to thrash and, and, and fall and, and they're liable to get a spot or a blemish after they're born because they can't stand on their own. And so those shepherds would wrap them in swaddling clothes. And so when those Levitical priests came and saw the child and they saw him in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, they may not have understood. 
understood it, but we can understand it today. The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world was Jesus Christ. Amen. He came to redeem me from my sins. Amen. The sins of iniquity that have been building up in the generations of humanity. Not just those, but my own sins. Every lie I've told, everything I've told, every mistake I've made, everything I've done wrong. Jesus Christ, that little baby in a manger, one day would grow and he would take upon himself the sins of mankind. And not just mankind, he would take upon himself the sins of the world. And he would take those, those, those accusations, those, those, those trespasses, and he nailed them to his cross that I might have access to a wonderful, uh, unimaginable, wonderful place called heaven. And the only way I have access to that is because of Jesus Christ. What's love got to do with it? Everything. The only way you can really appreciate some things is you have to have context. Everybody say context. I have a friend of mine, that uh, Kevin Chindall. He's been my friend the longest. We're very close. I talk to him multiple times a week, and we're, 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 we're good friends. And uh, there came a season in his life. Uh, I remember he told me, he said, I, I, I saw a church in the middle of a cornfield. And uh, he said, uh, and he was telling me what the Lord had kind of put in his heart. And he's like, I, I don't like that at all. I, I don't, I. But the Lord put it all together and he began to pastor in Richmond, Indiana for about five years, I believe. And if I've ever known someone that hates cold weather, he hates cold weather. And when they went and bought their house there in Richmond, they bought a house that only someone would buy that didn't know what cold weather's like. Because in the front of the house was this big driveway that went like this. <laughs> so every day, they had anywhere to go that it snowed, which it snows a lot. And then it ices and snows some more. Anytime they went to get out, somebody had to go out there, not just... Uh, shovel the snow, they had to get rid of the ice. And he, did I say he hates cold weather? He hates cold weather. And for five years, he labored in a situation that, that was, it was good people, it was a good place, nothing wrong, but in his flesh, he could not stand. One day came and the Lord opened up the door and he went back uh, to the place he was familiar with. It's close to his family and, and uh, it never snows hardly. Dallas. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible situation. And I, I, I've told him this many times. I really believe the reason why the Lord sent him to Indiana is to give him context. Because if all you've ever had is good times, you may not know how good you got it because all you've had is good times. But trouble is a context of blessing. And sometimes somebody never knows how good they have it until they've had it when it wasn't so good. The prodigal son, he lived in the father's house. 
Uh, he, he, he ate from the Father's table. He, he lived in the provision of his Father's favor. He didn't know how good he had it. And so he took all the good that he could gather from his Father, and he went and wasted it. But there came a day in a pig pen. He came to himself and said, oh, my goodness, my Father's slaves have a better than I do. They have food enough and to spare and a, a nice place to stay. I'm going to go back to my Father's house and say, Father, sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Let me be a servant. But we know, we know that the father saw him a great way off and he ran to him and he embraced him and he said, bring forth a fatted calf, give him new shoes and the new clothes and, and gave him a ring on his finger and said, this is my son who was dead but is alive. And I would say to you that, that if the Lord allowed us to picture into that parable, amen, that that, that that son, amen, had a greater appreciation for the blessings because of his trouble that someone would not have had if they hadn't had trouble. Can I tell you that maybe the trouble you're going through, amen, the difficulty you've endured is the Lord is trying to create a context of a day of blessing that's coming, amen, a revival that's coming, a harvest that's coming. So amen, just keep praying and being faithful because I believe sometimes that the difficulty is simply to provide a context of God's blessing that is coming your way. Can somebody put your hand together and say, praise God for this context. Thank you, Jesus, today. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. The scripture says in Ephesians, for we are saved, you're probably not with me, by grace, through faith, and not of yourselves, what's that? Lest any man should boast. This gift of God, that his God has given us access, we are saved by grace, through faith. Somebody say, by grace, through faith. Say it with me. By grace, through faith. Grace is an extension of God's love. If God didn't love us, there would be no grace. But everything that God has done toward humanity, it has been an extension of his love. It is a picture of his grace. I believe that when God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed into him the breath of life, that is grace. Grace, everything that God has done toward humanity, that has been an expression of his love. That has been a manifestation of his grace. Amen. I've heard people say grace is unmerited favor. Yes, everything we receive from God is unmerited favor. Amen. The fact that I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus, that's grace because the Lord has helped me see where he's brought me from. That is grace because God has blessed me with things I did not deserve. That is grace. But that grace has come to me because of God's love. Amen. I would to God that God's love for us was enough. I would to God that God's love for us was enough. Because if God loves the whole world, how come the whole world is not saved? I found a, 
I, this has happened to everybody. How, how many of you ever found a check that you didn't put in the bank? Everybody do that again? How many? Found a check. I found a check this morning, but my mother's watching. It's for $25. I'm going to put it in the bank this week. Hope you got money in there. If you get checks from my businesses, it's like good for 90 days. I found a check the other day. This has been this year. I found a check that was eight years old for $2,000. I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I'm like, I don't even remember getting that check. I would put that thing in the bank. And, and, and if God loves the whole world, how come the whole world's not saved? Because there's a lot of people, God has written checks to them, but they never take them to the bank. There has to be some participation if you're going to experience God's intent for you. Amen? And there's a lot of people, God, God doesn't, the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. Neither indeed can be. God doesn't judge you based on who your mom and daddy was or your grandparents. God doesn't judge you based on what your last name is or what color you are or what, what your, your, your genetic origin is. I'm telling you today, God loves us. He loves everyone. But the only way you can experience God's love and fullness is every day you got to wake up and say, Lord, I want to participate in your plan. I want to be an instrument of of your grace. I want to be a part of what you're wanting to do. And the greatest way we make ourselves, uh, uh, the greatest way that we make ourselves available to God's blessing is we say, Lord, how can you use you? Can you use me to bless someone else? If you are yielded to the purpose of God, you know, you got to be blessed to be a blessing. You can never loan or give somebody 10 bucks if you ain't got 10 bucks. Can somebody say amen? amen? I have seen the Lord bless people, but their response to the blessing is they began to, to, to change from being a stream that goes out to being a lake that's dammed up. And it seems like the, 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 that, that rising tide doesn't seem to get any bigger. But, but if, you, if you allow the blessing of the Lord to open a, 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 a conduit where it's not just that you are blessing, but God is blessing others through that blessing. I'm telling you, I've seen it time and time again, that if you will be an extension and extend the grace God gives you and you extend it to other people, amen, God's grace to you will increase. Amen. And the greater level of blessing that you allow flow through you, the greater level of blessing you will find coming to you. This past month, there was a man that passed who's been very dear, amen, to, to the ministry and to the kingdom. And his name is a Tommy Wallace, T.O. Wallace. And uh, he, he's almost like a mythic character because he has been tremendously blessed. I remember after Katrina happened and he's in the road business. And they were able to finish the bridge. I think the Pascagoula Bridge like a month early. And they got a bonus for finishing early. And what he did with his blessing is he paid off the church note, which was $3.5 million. 
I believe I was there. If I wasn't there, you know how you hear things, you feel like you've seen it? I think it happened at an impact meeting, but whatever, whatever it was, the man, that, that's some kind of blessing, right? How many of you like to be blessed enough that you could write out a check for three and a half million dollars to bless the community? That'd be something, wouldn't it? I, I, I pastored a church uh, in, in a little town called Hazelhurst, Mississippi. <clears throat> and when we first started pastoring there, I, I wanted to kind of connect to the pastors that had been there previously. And, and I, I reached out to the man that started the church. His name was Brother Howley Custed. And uh, I, 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 we had him come preach for us, him and his wife. And, and we were sitting down talking about the church. And he was telling me that when they were in the process of building the building, <clears throat> that, that, that Brother Wallace came by and he just, he had a, 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 a I, had, I guess he had a Lincoln or some type of big car. He pulled up in the, in the parking lot and walked into the church that was in the process of being built. And he said, uh, said looking good, what do you need? He said, well, I just, uh, what we need right now is we need air conditioning. And, and, and the pastor said that Brother Wallace reached his pocket, had a big roll of $100 bills and and he peeled off and gave him $3,500. This is back in 1972. That was a lot of money then. That's a lot of money now. And he walked out and drove down the road. And there are stories about that man all over Mississippi that he was just a man that was in a constant process of blessing the kingdom. You know, I would say to you, he would have never been able to give $3.5 million if he had never given 3500 And I'd say he probably could have never gave 3500 if he hadn't given 350 and, and And I think to me that is a picture of what God wants to do in our life. If we only see ourselves as a person that needs God's help, if we only see ourselves as someone that needs to be rescued, and, and if we never progress past seeing God, oh, God's good to me, oh, God's helping me, oh, God's been merciful to me. If we never allow ourselves to turn our eyes from looking up and being able to turn our eyes and look around and see that God's grace that comes to me, he wants that to be grace that flows through me. The Bible says grow in grace. How can you grow in grace? Can God's grace become any bigger? No, it's, it's insurmountable. It's indescribable. God's grace is amazing. But how do I grow in grace? Is the Lord will give me a revelation that much of what the Lord brings to me isn't just for me to have a testimony, but that the Lord would use you and me to be the product of where testimonies are born into other people's lives. I stand here today. I'm a living testimony that God is a healer. Amen. I am a living testimony. Amen. That God is a provider. I am a living testimony that God will bring you through things that I could not bring through by myself. But it is not enough for me to have a testimony. But it is a revelation that God gives us that I can see that I am God's hand. I am God's voice. I am God's extension into this world. And what heaven brought to me, God wants to bring through us to reach those that as of yet have not heard. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they see without a believer? How shall they know without someone who will be bold enough to stand up and say, can I tell you what Jesus has done for me? Can we give the Lord praise? I'm almost done.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. What's love got to do with it? It's not just that the love that God has to me. The Bible says, how can you say that you love God whom you have not seen and not love those whom you do see? Scripture almost tells us if you say you love God and you hate everybody else, you're a liar. <laughs> Amen. I want to tell the truth. How many of you can honestly say God's been good to me? God's been good to me. And I believe that the, the missing revelation in the world today, the reason why many people are not faithful to church, they're not faithful to their daily devotions to God. It's not for the lack of goodness of God to them. It's their lack of appreciation to God for what God has done. Somebody said amen. You know, we sing, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. New mercies I see. I don't know the rest of the words. But I think sometimes the Lord hears our words and he looks back and says, How come you can't be faithful to me when I have been so faithful to you? Amen. Somebody say praise God. I know I'm preaching to the choir today. If there are faithful people in the world today, I am I have the honor to preach to you today. Amen. You have proven yourself through time and memorial to being faithful to God. And if I had a hat, I'd tip it to you. <laughs> because I am so thankful today that if the Lord came down and asked me, can you tell me who you believe is faithful? And my life is full of people that I know that are faithful to the gospel. They're faithful to the kingdom and they're faithful to, to his word. Amen. I don't feel like Jeremiah that said, oh God, I, there's nobody else with me. I'm glad that I know what Jeremiah seemed to miss, that the world is full of faithful people. And I want to encourage you today, the only hope this world has isn't in a Jesus that was born 2,000 years ago. The only hope this world has today is the Jesus that is born in your life day in and day out when you pray and you give and you worship and you come to church. You are the hope of this world. Amen. We can talk about what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, but today I want to celebrate what you did this morning, what you did this week. Y'all can come on and help me stop because I feel a preaching spirit and I think I can preach all day. Hallelujah. Oh, no. We stand together and give the Lord praise. What's love got to do with it? Everything. It's all about love and it's just not about me being loved by God but it's about me loving others, loving the church loving his word, loving people and be allowing myself to be an expression to be a manifestation, to be a voice, to be a contact, to be a text, to be something that reaches into this world that I am an echo of the word, that I am an illumination and a reflection of his light 
Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, I thank you today that, Lord God, you send good people into my life. Lord God, you send praying people into my life. I would not be saved today if it wasn't for the saints of God. Lord Jesus, I would not be saved today if it wasn't for the people of God. For preachers, pastors, and Sunday school teachers, and deacons and elders. Lord God, I wouldn't be here today if you hadn't put in my life people that were true to you. People that preached truth when truth was not popular. When people stood for right, when wrong was the, the going thing. Lord Jesus, people that stood in holiness when compromise was, was, was the popular thing to do. I'm so thankful today. I'm thankful for your coming. But Lord Jesus, I am so glad that I can see you in the lives and the eyes and the faithful, the faithful people of God. Lord Jesus, I pray that every one of them Lord God, every one of them have endured difficulties and challenges in this, this 2020. Lord God, I pray that you, oh God, would continue to grant them strength, that you would continue to grant them wisdom. And Lord Jesus, I pray, oh God, I know it's our hearts cry. God, we pray, give us an opportunity to be a witness, Lord. Give us an opportunity, Lord, to reach those that are reachable, Lord. Lord God, to provide bread for those that are hungry, Lord, for the bread of life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Oh God, we pray, Lord, use me, oh God. Speak through me, oh God. Help me to be your hands. Help me to be your voice. Help us to be a witness, Lord God, in the, in the neighborhood and where we live, in the places where we work. Lord God, in this little community that you've placed this church, Spring Ridge Pentecostal Church here on the corner of Highway 18 and Spring Ridge Road, 3453 Spring Ridge Road in Raymond, Mississippi. Oh God, we know that you planted us here. We know that you caused us to come together and we pray by the grace of God, let us reach where we've never reached. Oh God, let us speak where we've never spoken. Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus that as you came to save the world, you sent us to this city. You sent us to this community to see more saved, more delivered, more healed, more blessed. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, let the work of God be continued in me, in your people, Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Hello and welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. On this podcast, we will broadcast messages and lessons from our church. If they bless you, I encourage you to subscribe and rate our channel, as well as you can visit our website, www.springridgechurch.com. If you'd like to communicate, you can send an email to pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you, where you're listening from. And if you have any questions you'd like to have answered, uh, desire a Bible study, or would like to send us a prayer request, all of those are welcome uh, requests and forms of communication we enjoy. So we hope that the, the podcast bless you. Hope that you will uh, subscribe and become a part of our faithful listening audience. Thank you.